Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Maria Angelova. Maria Angelova is a body-mind coach, founder and CEO of Rebellious International, a lifestyle and wellness company. The company's mission is to empower clients who are successful yet achy, stiff and stressed, find freedom in their bodies and minds through intentional movement and mindfulness. Maria's experiences in corporate finance and entrepreneurship position her uniquely in the workplace wellness space as a dynamic motivator and educator. Maria supports organizations in their effort to produce happier, more focused, and productive leaders and employees. Maria firmly believes leadership starts from within. Maria has personally transformed her life, shedding anxiety and social expectations and embracing a life of purpose. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Kimberly. I appreciate it. You're having me here. Yes, Maria. And I know we were talking about earlier, I've been watching your LinkedIn and you've been on adventures. I'm (laughs) jealous. Life is an adventure, right? We have to keep it exciting. It is. It is. So just so people can get to know you, tell us about you. I know you didn't start out doing what you're doing now. So tell us how you started out. So my... Background is a little bit untraditional. So originally, as you can tell from my accent, I'm I'm not local. I'm originally from Bulgaria, which is in Eastern Europe. I came to the US when I was 15 and I did high school and uh, undergraduate and graduate degrees. And actually I have my degrees in finance. Um, And I was in the corporate world for almost 20 years. And 2016, I decided to quit and I decided to follow my passion, which has always been movement and fitness. I have been in the fitness world since I was 16. I started teaching group exercise classes at the gym and I've always loved it. It has always been something that has been a side gig that I do after work, after hours, but I've always enjoyed it. And since my twenties, I've told my friends, one day I'm going to have my own studio. And I just kept saying it and saying it and saying it and time kept passing and passing and passing. And 2016, I was ready. So I handed that resignation and I started Rebellious. And a lot of people were like, you are crazy. Who does that? I was a finance director at the time. And I went from finance director to teaching Pilates, which is not the traditional path. And actually, that's the reason for the name of my company, Rebellious, because I wanted to name that reflected that spirit of you need to do what feels right to you, regardless of what people say, regardless of what society says. Uh, you have to stay true to yourself, hence rebellious. So you rebel against the stereotypes, you rebel against the standards, and you follow your heart. And I've been in business since 2016. I started focusing on movement. And I, my uh, teaching style is very different. My coaching style is very different than most traditional trainers because I start very slow and with alignment. If there are imbal- misalignments in the body, um, lack of balance, lack of stability, we start working in those and we start creating healthy muscles. So we worked on strength, flexibility, endurance, and control. So that in itself is very different. The other thing is that when we move, you have to concentrate so much on what you're doing that you really have to stay connected body and mind, which is where the body-mind connection comes, which is where I actually think is what helped me connect to my intuition and my, I call it the inner core, connecting to your heart's desire because you're able to quiet down, right? Most of the times we go so unintentionally through life on such autopilot. And then I had to go through such a tremendous personal growth, which is where the mindset stuff came. 
Hence, now I do movements and mindset, and it's like the magical recipe for transforming your life. So that's me. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So I, it sounds like it took you time to actually get that studio. So if you can remember, think back to that time, the last day you hand in your resignation, you work your last day, you're moving to the studio. What were you feeling? What was happening in your mind? I was excited. I was so excited. I Part of me, it felt so real, like, wow, I cannot believe I actually did this. I was excited. I was ready to go. And I just thought probably like most entrepreneurs that the clients were rushing into the studio, right? And there was silence and there was crickets. And I remember sitting in front of my newly created email and staring at the empty email and thinking, holy cow, like, is it ever going to become to where I actually start receiving emails from people on this business email? And that's where the journey started, right? I had a huge, it took me a while. It took me probably about six to nine months to be like, whoa, I have a lot of work to do. I got into the whole experience naively thinking, you know, I have the schooling, I have the corporate experience, I know what I'm doing. And I quickly figured out that that's not so much the case, right? Because it's very different running your own business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't know much about sales. I didn't know much about social media marketing. I was basically starting from scratch, from zero. And it was, it was a rough beginning, but it propelled me to get on this tremendous growth path, which honestly, if somebody had told me everything I'd have to go through, in retrospect, I'll probably have been like, I might just stick around and do what I'm doing and stay in my comfort zone. It pushed me so much out of my comfort zone, but it has been the most amazing, heart-feeling, soulful experience I, I can't ever imagine. Like I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I'm so grateful that I had the courage to step out and embrace something new. And, you know, that's what I tell people like entrepreneurship is amazing. And I'm, you probably agree with that, but entrepreneurship puts in front of you a whole lot of things that you have to deal with that we don't usually encounter, right? And a lot of it has to do with how we think. And I grew up in a very functional family, middle class in Eastern Europe, and I had no idea how much of my background I was carrying along with me. And there were a lot of limiting beliefs that I had to shed on the way. But along with that, I got to uncover more of who I am. And before I quit, I remember there was this feeling, and I always talk about it, and it sounds very weird, but I would walk into the office and I would feel somebody was suffocating me. And I was like, that's weird. I didn't know what it was. And I think I was really being pushed towards something that I was being called to do because I know that what I'm doing right now is truly my purpose. Like I'm living in my purpose now. What I was doing before was something, you know, I came from a family of academics, grades, getting a good, good job, right? As defined by societal standards. That's what I was taught to do and that's what I did. And what I do now is aligned with more with who I am. That's beautiful. And that, that beginning time when you were struggling, was there people that you reached out to or how did you handle that as a new entrepreneur? Well, as you know, that's another rough part of entrepreneurship, right? Because you're so excited and so eager to embrace this journey. And the, most of the people around you are like, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this? You should go back. 
I had such feedback that sometimes I would literally think, should I ask for my job back? Like, should I just forget about it and go back? Because people managed to get to your head. Mm -hmm. And throughout the entire journey, I have found out, you know, I call it my tribe is one of the most precious gems out there. The people who I surround myself are people who are very much on a similar journey. You know, they may not be an entrepreneurs, but they are people who are doing a lot of personal growth stuff, who understand purpose, who understand growth, who understand consciousness, who understand the, when I say intentional movement and mindset, a lot of times people don't even know what I'm talking about, right? So that was quite a transformation because unfortunately we have people in our life for a season or for a reason. And this, my circle of people, the circle of people around me has definitely changed. And I know sometimes when I start getting into my head, I know those people that I'll call or when I have an experience that's not unexpected, I'm like, I need to pick up call, please. Right. And those are the people that will pick you up when you have fallen down, that will cheer on you, that will encourage you. And when the world is telling you you're crazy, they're like, you're crazy, but, but you got this. You can do this. Right. <laughs> so those are the people that you want behind you, around you. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it has definitely been a spot, again, something that I had no idea. And I speak to entrepreneurs who are starting their journey. And I hear so often people who say it gets really lonely. And I can absolutely relate to that because I've been there and you feel so alone and you feel so lost and you feel lost anyways. And the noise around you does not help. So I think it's part of the growth process and part of us learning who do we want to surround ourselves with, right? Beautiful. And then you were talking about mindset. So how do we center ourselves and put our mindset in a place where we can be actually um, achieving or being who we want to be or having what we want to have? How do we do that? I think the most important thing, Dr. Kimberly, is becoming aware of where we limit ourselves. Just like myself, I had no idea that I had so many limiting beliefs because I had never had to face them before. I was just cruising through life on autopilot and everything was good. I had no idea of what was holding me back. And as I got into inter entrepreneurship and I started uh, facing issues, I started digging into why is this happening? Like, why am I responding to certain things certain way? I started doing work with um, life coaches or uh, personal growth coaches. And it really started opening my mind to why do we respond to life in a certain way? Why do we react to life in a certain way? Why do we think a certain way? Who said something when we were a child that stuck into our head, right? All of those things. And I used to, in the beginning, I was like, please. I was like, I've got none of that stuff. I'm good. And it was because I didn't know, right? We don't know what we don't know. So the biggest thing that we can start with is creating awareness. How do we create awareness? I think one of the best ways to create awareness is start paying attention. If the results that we have are not what we want them to be, if we're not living the life that we want them to be, that goes all the way back to our beliefs. So our beliefs create thoughts. Our thoughts creates feelings. Our feelings create action or lack of action in many cases. And then those actions produce results. So if the results are not where we want them to be, we have to go all the way to the cause, which is beliefs. So whether it's an aspect of personal life or aspect of professional life, we have to say what it is, wh where do we want to be? Where are we now? What's the gap? 
and start digging into why that gap is there. And it takes some time. I'm a huge fan of journaling. I don't know if you like to journal, but I'm a huge yeah. fan of journaling. I think it is amazing. And when you start, you don't really know what you're doing. And all I tell people is if you've heard of journaling, scrap all the rules. All you have to do is write and write anything that comes to your mind. That's it. It's as simple as that. And you will be amazed at what happens because with journaling, when we declutter the mind, when we are able to free the mind of all the noise that's going on, we start getting to the bottom of what's in there. We start hearing our subconscious mind and that's when the fun begins, right? That's where the growth experience starts. So I always tell people, even as you're listening to us having this conversation right now, if anything I say or anything that you say triggers some kind of response within you, whether it's happiness, anger, joy, upsetness, annoyance, whatever it is, why is that? I could say the same thing to 10 different people and 10 different people could take that message in a completely different way, right? And all of that has to do of our conditioning. We get our conditioning as children by our parents, by the people, you know, the extended family, by teachers, uh, friends that are around us, culture, where did we grow up? All of those things have tremendous influence on how we think. And there is nothing wrong with it, right? Certain cultures think one way, another culture thinks other. It's not about right or wrong. It's just different. And a lot of times we're not, we don't have a clear understanding of what those differences are and how that impacts our results. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I just encourage people to be really open to, not like open and taking everything in, but open to looking at everything and the possibilities, not that you can accept everything, but just open uh, because there's a, um, I think it was, uh, Marissa Pierre who does hypnotherapy. She says, you know, we keep going towards what's familiar. So we think what's familiar is right, but it's not necessarily what's beneficial for us or helpful for us. It's just comfortable. So we have to take a look and see what is actually going to push me forward in life and not keep going to our comfort zone over and over again. Because that's what we know. That's what's convenient. And two things that uh, this your comment made me think. One, comfort is not happiness, right? Comfort is comfort. And two, what did you say? You said something. Oh, yes. Opportunities. Many times opportunities come dressed not in the outfit that you expect them to be wearing, right? They don't appear and they don't look like an opportunity. Actually, some opportunities might look like to some people like failure, like I didn't do well. And, you know, there's no such thing as failure. There is learning experience. And a lot of times we may miss an opportunity just because it's not what we expect it to be. And that's another big message from growth is learn to trust. Surrender is one of my most favorite words. And I have to tell you, this comes from somebody who was a huge control freak, type A perfectionist, all that stuff. So to surrender for somebody like that, it's like, what? <laughs> but again, entrepreneurship has its way of teaching you, well, I'm going to take you on this path and you better stay open and just trust that. And that's another one of my favorite things. Trust that everything that happens, happens for you instead of to you. When you shift your perspective on things, again, nothing is good and nothing is bad. It is what it is. And a lot of times we assign stories behind a situation that may not be what it is. And long-term, a lot of times we see that things that we thought were bad actually are coming out to be for our favor, right? Mm -hmm. So 
but you're absolutely right. You have to stay open and it's not easy to do, right? Because that comfort zone constantly tugs us back. And, you know, I tell people, that's another one of my favorite sayings is our passion, our vision, our purpose pulls us forward. What pulls us back? It's the fears, right? Mm -hmm. What if, what if? And then when we start going into what if, that's when those beliefs start playing into our mind. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're working with somebody and they're going into fear a lot, how do you um, consult with them? What do you what is what would you tell them to do? Would you tell into them what kind of loss? I didn't get what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. If someone's going into fear often, mm-hmm. like like they're 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 going, they really want to go forward, but they just keep going into the fear over and over again. What what strategies would you give them? One, become aware that it's fear that's pulling you back. A lot of times we make a step forward, a step back, and It's just like it feels uncomfortable, but we don't even realize it's fear that's pulling us back, right? So once again, goes back to the awareness. Recognize the fear. Uh, This is making me think of a blog I had posted. I did, um, what is it called? The, uh, not bungee jumping. When you sit and you go down the... um, Oh, zip lining? Zip lining, thank you. (laughs) And I am horrified of heights. And when I tell you I was up there, Looking down, I was, my body was shaking. I was thinking I'm going to pass out, maybe pee on myself, maybe throw up. Like I was that fearful. (laughs) And I was like, okay, just don't pass out. Like keep breathing, you know, but don't breathe too hard. Like don't hyperventilate. And I was, you know, all of these things were going into my head. I wonder if somebody else has passed, like, right? My fear was like going crazy into my head. And as I started going down the zip line, all I could see is here, I could hear the silence. I could see the beauty under me. And like all of that noise just, and it was just beautiful and calm. So sometimes jumping into that fear, which as I just said, can be absolutely horrifying, but to recognize it is jumping it. You know, I actually, um, in one of my coaching group coaching programs, a person brought up this example and I loved it. I'd never heard that before. She said, name your fear and, bef- and befriend your fear. So your fear of, let's say heights is, I don't know, Paul. And start having a conversation with Paul and make Paul your friend so that then you have a cool relationship. Another big thing is self-care, right? The better you feel about yourself, doing your, I'm a huge promoter of movement, huge promoter of journaling, meditation. And it doesn't have to be hours and hours and hours, but it has to be consistent. It has to be recurring and it has to be intentional, right? If you take, if you do self-care, you will be, you will feel quieter within yourself. You feel more interconnected. You will start trusting yourself more. You you connect your intuition more and you empower yourself. Self-care is so empowering. So if you catch yourself constantly doing the dance of back and forth, understand why, you know, is it fear? For most of us, it is fear that's holding us back. It is uncomfortable to step out because what if? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then we go through all these situations, which likely none of them are going to come through, right? Because we always go to the most dramatic extreme situation. And I also think the more you step into your fears, because we have different aspects of fears, the more comfortable it begins, right? It almost becomes like an adrenaline rush, like, okay, what's the next thing I have to do? Like, let's go, where are we jumping from today? And 
I always say that step that's on the terror barrier, right? One leg is here and the other leg is here. And it's like, which way should I go? And sometimes it's so hard to just make that leap and step over. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, that indecision actually makes it harder, right? Because we're neither here nor here, neither here nor here. We're just kind of paddling through life. Just jump, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. again, huge proponent of self-care. I think self-care is amazing for pushing through fears. I love that. Yeah, it is really, really important. So I want to talk about movement because that's one of my uh, things that in my background. I do um vision and brain and movement therapy. So I love movement and I love what movement can do. It can move emotional, mental things. Even it can, you know, move diseases out of your body. Movement is just so healing in so many ways. So talk about movement and how you use it. I believe that our body is a, is an expression of us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So any one of these aspects are off that reflects into our body. So for example, the physical aspect, let's say we have an injury, our body is brilliant in compensating, right? It can compensate for that injury so that we can continue functioning. But over time that can start creating problems and that's where a lot of times aches and pains come. And aches and pain can come from repetitiously sitting over the computer with your shoulders up, right? If you sit every day like this, this eventually is going to start creating issues within the body. So if you're in emotional pain, if there is a lot, if for example, our um, sympathetic nervous system, which is the flight or flight, fight or flight nervous system is overactive, which unfortunately for most people nowadays, people are under chronic stress. What happens to the body is the body goes into protective mode, right? So once again, we start seeing the results within the body. If we are fearful, if we're scared, what's the natural thing to do? We go into protective mode, right? And it doesn't have to be fear from a lion. It could be fear from taking that leap over the terror barrier, right? So it could have an emotional component. It could have a mental component when people are not feeling well, when they're stressed, when they're depressed, right? When they can't sleep, when they're anxious, That reflects into our body. It reflects into how people move. And I'll tell you, Dr. Kimberly, when I started, I started practicing movement as a fitness modality, right? What I started observing is once I would get to know somebody's movement pattern, occasionally their movement pattern would change. Now it could change because they haven't eaten well, they haven't slept well, they haven't hydrated, they've sat in an airplane, right? Many times I would find out that their movement pattern would change because of elevated levels of stress or something a little bit more traumatic happened to them, right? So I started observing the connection between emotion and how the body and the patterns that the body exhibits in terms of movements would change. And I started getting really fascinated by that. And that's how I discovered the work of Louise Hay, as well as uh, more recently, Christian Bierland, uh, who both talk about the how our body is an expression of our um, Louise Hay Hay talks about uh, the emotional component of disease and Christian Bierland does more about our subconscious thinking and how that reflects into disease. So absolutely fascinating stuff. And so my movement, again, it's very different. And I love that you said that movement is healing because I feel like that's the type of movement that I do. It starts super slow. A lot of times it doesn't even feel like a workout. It's more, let's see 
where how your body is aligned just stand up and let's see where you are now let's get your body to move and see if your body continues moving in alignment then let's see where there are weaknesses what are certain groups that we need to work to strengthen them right or is there tightness in a particular muscle that we need to loosen down so it's very and again it's very a lot of times people would sit and i would say do something and they just sit there and blink at me because they're like there is so much to think about and that's the true body mind connection right that's the intentional piece of instead of just going through the motion and doing whatever you're doing thinking am i in alignment am i sustaining core engagement am i protecting my spine where is my pelvis are my right and left sides of the body moving symmetrically right and it becomes fascinating and that's actually why i love the work that you do because i have become that's another topic neurology right and how that relates fascinating i mean mind-blowing and if you think about the body and what an asset we have and how much we don't treasure it right it's just we don't even realize the asset that we have and how powerful and how empowered we can be if we take care of that asset again body mind and spirit so again my approach to fitness is is different it starts i call it it starts from the abcs and then goes to the z you will get a great workout but i i tell people you have to earn the right to get the workout beautiful i love that yeah and um several years ago um i did Pilates, which is part of what you do with an instructor one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, I actually was going three times a week oh, doing one-on-one -on -one with her because I had um, back pain and lower back pain from a car accident I had been in. And um, it relieved my back pain, which was awesome. But also my actual structure, the way I looked changed. My my uh, posture, even my, my whole body changed just because the posture was so much more erect and my hips were more in alignment and my psoas wasn't as tight. I looked and um, I went to continuing education um, in Cancun and I was wearing my bikini and I saw a colleague who I hadn't seen in about four years. And he's like, he said, what did you do? He said, your body looks different. You look like a different person. You don't even look like the same person because of the way I stood, you know, so erect compared to the way I had been standing, which was more leaned over, if you will, more like a, <laughs> more like this than like this. And so I love Pilates for that. And I, you know, I love what you're doing. And so why don't you talk about that? Talk about posture. Why do we want to have good posture? Why do we want to have strong core? Because that's what gave me the, the um, change in posture was that my core was strong. You know, people think, well, they just talk about that six pack on the front. Oh, I want to have a six pack. But what they don't realize is there's probably what, three or four layers of muscle under that. And what makes you strong is when you make those muscles, you can't even see strong. So yes. talk about posture, why we want to have good posture, how it benefits us, you know, physically, emotionally. So you're absolutely right. Most people want to work out because it's related to appearance, right? It's all oh, I want that six pack. I want to lose weight. Unfortunately, the big part that we miss is that movement is active living, right? If you want to age gracefully, if you want to be able to be mobile, there is so much research that shows that 
you know, even diseases such as dementia and Alzheimer's, you cannot prevent them with movement, but you can definitely delay the onset of those uh, with movement. Movement is being able to function. Movement is being able to be, you know, 80, 90 and still be able to do everything that you enjoy doing. That's what movement is about. I mean, the six pack, I always say that's a bonus. Looking great, that's a great bonus. But the fact that you're not in pain, the fact that you can function and do whatever you want to do, the fact that you can get out of bed and not be like, oh, oh, you know, that's life, that's living. If we're in pain, we cannot function the same way. Posture, why is posture great? Well, once again, posture is functionality, right? So as we age, we naturally start going down. You're right, a lot of the postural muscles, and that's the difference with Pilates. A lot of times when we do exercises, we are able to access the superficial, the muscles that are on top. And a lot of times we don't even know how to access those deep postural muscles. That's what Pilates does. It is repetitious and it's very intentional that precision is a, one of the principles of Pilates. The purpose of that is so that you can get to those deep muscles. That is what the Pilates workout is different than another workout because the more you do Pilates, the harder the workout gets because you're able to get to those deeper and deeper muscles. So posture, as we age, we naturally start running forward, right? Because everything starts weakening. That's part of aging. Well, computers nowadays, phones, they definitely don't help because I observe kids who are teenagers and I watch their posture and it's really, really scary the implications that we're going to see. You know, our generation, usually the XM pain start 45, 50. I think this new generation, by the time they're 20 with the phones and the next forward, they're going to start seeing a lot of um, issues. Posture, again, not just six pack, but if you think of the core, I call the core the cylinder that surrounds your spine, right? So when you have a tight, nice cylinder and you lengthen that cylinder because you have strong muscles, couple of things. One, you're protecting the spine. What, what is the spine? Inside the spine is our nervous system, which is what you deal with, right? So if you don't have a well-functioning nervous system, you're in real trouble because the nervous system controls absolutely everything in our body, right? Mm -hmm. So super important from that aspect. If we do an exercise with a weak core, I mean, it could be as simple as picking up something from the floor that's heavy and not being engaged into the core. Right there, you can pull something easily into your back, right? So injury prevention, strong core is related to injury prevention. Why do a lot of times people that have injuries and are rehabilitating need strong core? Is because if you have a weak core, all of that weight is kind of dragged into your joints, right? And areas, for example, people with bad knees, Great thing to do is strengthen your core. And I've had people say, well, it's not my, I don't have back issues, I have knee issues, right? If you have a weak core and think about collapsing into your knees and hips, right? And if you have imbalances and misalignments, that's additionally wearing off your joints, over time that will result in issues. So posture has a functionality implication, right? Injury prevention, strength, active living. Um, what else? You mentioned something else that I wanted to mention, but um, so what is posture? Posture is you want to have your ears stacked over your shoulders, shoulders stacked over your hips, and hips stacked over your ankles, right? And the knees also in between, right? What, what I see a lot is a lot of the pelvis either tucking one way or the other to where the pelvis is not in a neutral position and then that starts causing problems. And I love to give this example. So 
see how nice and even I am right now and I'm sitting nice and tall. If I were to do this, can you see how my body shifted? Can you see how this came up this side kind of, I'm going to exaggerate it. So right now I cross my leg. I shifted the weight into one hip. One side of my body shortened, the other side elongated. So if I sit like this all day long, every day, and then I'll slouch, and then I'll do this. Can you see where a problem can be birthed, mm -hmm. right? We sit a lot nowadays. A lot of people sit too much. And that's where you mentioned the tight psoas. Most of the problems that I see are related to a tight psoas. And, and what people do, what people don't realize is, so for example, I have a new client who is strong. She has some imbalances and she's very much using her quads, the front of the thighs and the flexors. And she does a lot of crunches, but when she does the crunches, guess which muscle she uses? She uses her flexor muscles. So instead of strengthening her core, she's actually magnifying an issue that she has. She's not even aware of it, right? So she thinks she's doing something great for her body, but she's actually not doing something so great, right? So creating the awareness, and that's when the repetition comes. Because when you repeat, so basically with Pilates, when we do the same thing over and over, we start creating new neurological pathways, which again goes back to neurology of movement. So if you have a way of movement where there is misalignment, we start correcting the movement so that we move with alignment. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's really helpful. So um, now, how is it that you're helping people? Because I know some of us have gone online and do you still have your studio or people coming to the studio? Yes. So why I don't you tell you, us about that? <laughs> so I see people, most of my clients in the studio are privates. I do do some duets, um, which is one, me with two clients and my studio is home-based. I'm actually in my studio right now. And then I, with COVID, I started teaching online. It is not something that I used to offer before, which has been fantastic because now I have a much bigger reach and I can help a lot more people. And I have people all over the country now versus people who are surrounding, I'm in North Sandy Springs, Georgia. Um, so yes, I do online programs. I do privates and I do group sessions. And um, it's very interesting. I was not sure how the online world would work, right? Because there is a lot of observation and alignment. It is amazing what you can see online because I guess you kind of know what you're looking for. It is amazing what you can see, like when people compensate and how you can make them aware. And it's interesting. I've had people say like, I don't understand how you can see something and I can't even feel it because I'll be like, correct this, correct this. Can you feel that? They're like, oh yeah, I can feel that. And again, when the awareness is not there, right? In the beginning, it starts so slow because even today I had somebody and I said, which butt cheek is your weight on? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, it's okay. Just we're checking where your awareness is, right? So yes, I teach in person, I teach online and I have a fabulous online program for anybody interested that combines the body and the mind. And then the private work is highly customizable to exactly what you and your body needs, right? So depending on what you have, if you have a serious injury um, let's say a car accident and maybe you have back herniations, you might be better suited to start private, create awareness, know the modifications that you have to do and then transition to online. But I have some private clients that are like, no, I want the one-on-one -on -one attention. I want you to touch me, poke me, correct me. And I have some people that do both. I have people that work with me in person and then do online. So it's really highly customizable, which has been great. 
Yeah, yeah, and it is really amazing, um, uh, Pilates teachers, how you even see those small movements. I remember times when I, I had a t-shirt on that was kind of, you know, a fluffy t-shirt. It wasn't a tight workout clothes. And she go, oh, your muscles not pulling. I'm like, how'd you see that? How did you even see? <laughs> I wasn't pulled in this spot. <laughs> Yeah, so we have a special eyesight. <laughs> you have a special eyesight. That is so amazing. So, and, and you're also doing something exciting in October. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so actually the next one would be in February after that. And we are going to Acapulco, Mexico. And it's a wellness retreat. It's a self-care retreat. It's a week of time devoted only to yourself and yourself only. And surprise, it is movement, it is mindset. And I run the retreats with uh, an MD. She's a functional medicine doctor and she does energy work and at the retreats and she does um, some beautifying treatments. So it is a whole week of good food. We go to luxurious locations for a reason. It's, again, it plays with your mind, right? When you're in a serene, beautiful location, incredible views, gorgeous weather, when you have gourmet food, a chef, when everything that you need is taken care of, it really allows your mind to, to imagine, right? Mm -hmm. To dream, to believe what the opportunities are. We start the day with movement. It's a great blend of time together as a group. And then you have some downtime. We have the mindset sessions in the afternoon. We have extra movement optional in the afternoons. It is all about inner connecting. It is all about quieting the mind. It is all about finding peace within yourself and really figuring out what it is that you want from life so that you can live intentionally versus existing. And I'll tell you, I have done three this year so far. And personally for me, even as a host, there have been absolutely transformational. There is something amazing about nurturing yourself and then serving from a full cup uh, with a full heart, right? It changes your vibes, it changes your energy, it changes, it changes your life. So that's, yeah, so that's February 2nd through February 11th, Acapulco, Mexico. Awesome. Yes. I, love the, I love the location. <laughs> yes, you know, we, we have been sticking to Mexico this year because of COVID, because other countries are opening and closing borders. So the idea is that when things settle, um, we'll go to different places. But for now, we're just for convenience purposes, we're sticking there. And it's a beautiful location. Like I said, we rent these gorgeous villas that are just serene and pristine. And it's an incredible experience. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> Sounds really wonderful. So just a personal question. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? The most happiness in, and fulfillment in my life? I have to say my little girl. You know, she's a preteen right now. So unfortunately, she doesn't value mommy time the way she used to before. <laughs> but even this morning when I went to wake her up and just give her a kiss and she's like, leave me alone. Don't wake me up yet. <laughs> she's my baby girl she makes me so happy and I truly truly love what I do like every single one of my clients I feel like they're family I I'm so vested into their success and making sure that they do well 
Mm -hmm. And they are such incredible, incredible teachers for me. I learn through what I see in them. They make me curious to expand my knowledge and learn more. And I feel very, very blessed to be doing what I do. Wonderful. So if people wanted to work with you or they want to go on that retreat, how do people get a hold of you? What are your contact information, your website? How do they get a hold of you? So my website is rebellious, R-E-B-E-L-L-I-O-U-S-I-N-T-L.com. R-E-B-E-L-L-I-O-U-S-I-N-T-L.com. And my email is my last name, which is Angelova, A-N-G-E-L-O-V-A at rebellious-intl.com. And you can certainly reach out through the website as well. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I have a personal account as well as a business page. So Maria Angelova is my personal rebellious uh, INT is my business. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. So any way that you want to reach out, I'd love to connect, help you out. You know, I do complimentary consultations because like I told you, my approach is different and it's not for everybody. So I want to make sure that whoever has something I can help with, I am the right person for them. And if not, I would refer out to somebody else that might be a better fit. So definitely reach out, would love to connect. I love connecting to other like-minded people such as Dr. Kimberly. And um, I'd love to connect with anybody who is watching or listening. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for all the wisdom you shared. And it's just, just been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here, Dr. Kimberly. Yes. So I have one last question before we finish. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Follow your heartbeat. Tune into that heartbeat and then follow it. I know it is scary, but it will open a world in front of you that you have not dreamed of or imagined. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.